Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center, with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Uh, topic today, well, I'll let your host, Dr. David Hilden, mention that. But uh, what do we have? And I knew you brought a couple of guests with you. I did bring guests. Good morning, Denny. We're going to talk uh, about mammography and breast cancer screening. And um, uh, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the month of October is. And so we are going to uh, uh, see October out with a good discussion with people who know um, – an extraordinary amount about breast cancer screening and mammography. Well, before you introduce your guest, I have an announcement to make. What's that, Danny? <laughs> you're, you're looking now, nervous. Now you're, now you're, you're scaring looking me. nervous. No. I want to congratulate, and we all do here at CCO, Dr. Hilden, on receiving the Laureate Award from the Minnesota American College of Physicians. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, uh, this is the whole deal here. The Laureate Award honors those members of the ACP in Minnesota who have demonstrated by their example and conduct an abiding commitment to excellence in medical care, education, or research, and in their service to the community and the ASACP. Recipients of the award shall bear the title Laureate of the Minnesota Chapter. Wow. How about that? Yeah, that, that, I can that, see that crown on your yeah, head. Yeah, I was going to say, boy, I'll expect you to call me that from now on. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Thank you, Denny. That's, that's ACP it. is my professional organization. The American College of Physicians is the organization which represents internal medicine in the country and actually around the world. But And uh, they give a – it must have been slim pickings to find uh, anybody worthy really, of giving an award. So this year they, they honored Very me. Very worthy. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Who did you bring with you today? Okay. I have um, in studio today a repeat guest. He's been on a number of times in the past uh, on the show. His name is Dr. Tony Sievert. Dr. Sievert is the assistant chief of radiology at uh, at HCMC. Um, he is uh, trained in all aspects of radiology. In other words, he's the guy who looks at your, your CT scans, your MRIs, your ultrasounds, um, your x-rays, all that stuff. But for the past decade or so, he's focused most of his energy on women's imaging, including mammography, breast ultrasound, breast biopsy, and MRI of the breast. Tony, good to have you back on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, David. Thanks. And thanks for being here for this really important topic, which I would always rank up there as one of the the ones with the most interest that we ever do. Um, But to help you out, we have Leah Hahn, who is um, also at HC. Uh, MC, and I'm going to have, she is the supervisor of mammography. Is that correct, Leah? Yes, yes. Now, Leah has not been on the show before, but tell me more about what your role is at uh, in the Department of Radiology. Well, essentially, I'm a, I'm a mammographer. So and, um, you're the one that people actually see. Yes. When they come to get their exactly, mammogram. Exactly. How long have you been at Hennepin? Uh, it'll be 11 years next month. Okay, yeah. and you and you run the the 
the um, the Department of Mammography in in the Department of Radiology. And before we get into the topic, and 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 we're going to welcome your calls, your texts, your tweets. If you tweet them to Dr. David Hilden, and if you put the hashtag uh, Healthy Matters, then you'll be really cool. Um, we're going to answer your questions, and we already have some coming in. But I want to tell a little bit about the the mammography services at Hennepin. It's a fantastic department now and only going to get better. On March 26, 2018, a date I have mentioned many times on the show, our new clinic and specialty center is opening in the downtown campus. It's a beautiful facility, um, but more than that, it's the folks who work there and the professional services we offer are, are what's going to make it the state-of-the-art, really the most state-of-the-art facility in the state of Minnesota. And part of the new something like half million um, square foot or 300 square foot building is the new Wanzac Family Breast Care Center. And maybe either one of you could tell us a little bit about about that. It's, this is where women and men, but women can come to get their mammograms. Is that right, Lee? Yes. Leah, I got to yes. say that right. Yes, huh? thank you. I, exactly. So um, the, I've only um, seen it a couple of times, but we are going to have a new waiting room dedicated to just women. So all the breast imaging in one area, it, it looks beautiful. It looks fantastic. And, of course, we're going to be offering the 2D and the 3, 3D mammography as well. It's right on the first floor of the building. I've, I've given some tours of the place. It's not all done. I mean, they're still painting the walls and things. Um, but it is going to be a beautiful facility um, uh, with some um, assistance from the very generous Wanzac family. So the Wanzac Family Breast Care Center opens in late March 2018 at the new Clinic and Specialty Center. For more information, I invite you to go to a website, which is it was quite simply clinicbuilding.org. All one word, clinicbuilding.org, and you can learn a lot more about Hennepin's new Clinic and Specialty Center. Tony, let's go back to you. Let's talk about breast cancer, if we would. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You've seen a lot of pink out there. Yeah, there is a <laughs> there is a lot of pink out there. Could you just sort of um, lay a little of the groundwork on breast cancer for us? Um, it's um, obviously affects a lot of women, and why is it so important that we're talking about this today? Well, the the focus of mammography um, is to find and then treat breast cancers when they're at a, an earlier stage. So we're looking for um, – we know that people are going to get breast cancer. It's something like one in nine women over their lifetime will develop this. And if we can find it before it gets uh, too progressed, before it's you know, spread past your breast, um, it's, the treatment is, is, much more, is much easier on the patient and much more likely to save that patient's life. So the, our main focus in mammography is to find women who have breast cancer – when it's at an early stage and, and is much more treatable. That's kind of the whole deal with all kind of screening tests is catching it early. And I know for a fact, because that's when I get patients, is that the treatments for breast cancer are, are – there are there's a lot of treatments. They're effective, but everything is better when you catch it early. So that brings up the question about mammography. Wasn't that invented like during Shakespeare's time or something? Isn't that an older technology? I don't think X-rays were really invented or, or, or okay, Queen Victoria <laughs> identified until the 18, <laughs> 1890s. No, but the, the point being, it is still the recommendation, and I am going to ask you both to tell, to give women and um, the guidelines for what what um, they should be doing. But but the, the all jokes aside, this is a technology that although it was invented a while ago, it is advanced, 
We've used the words 2D and 3D and all that, and it is the guideline and the recommendation. Why is um, how does mammogram mammography work? Mammogram uses X-ray to to make an image of the breast, and and um, breast cancer uh, in its earliest stages will create these little calcifications in your breast. Um, in, in many cases. And the only way to see these calcifications is by using x-rays. We don't see them with ultrasound. We don't see them with, uh, with MRI. Um, so the earliest stage of breast cancer is still the best way for us to find it is by using x-ray. And, and again, all joking aside, it's the, the radiation part. Could you speak to that? Because um, uh, it's very low. I... Radiation dose for, for a mammogram is, I think it's 0.4 millisieverts. That's a great name. Millisieverts. It's so, like little sieverts. Okay, I'm going to get back to it because if you just tuned in, uh, Tony is, I call him Tony, he's a friend of mine. His name is Dr. Tony Sievert. That's his last name, Sievert. Is that really the unit of measurement of radiation? It is, uh, but it is a unit of, of exposure to radiation exposure in a, in a person or an organism, but it has an I in it, and my name is. And your name does not. Okay, so 0.4 millisieverts, that's a small amount. It is a small amount. It's uh, a whole mammogram, a four-view mammogram, has about the same X-ray exposure as a chest X-ray. Okay, so it's not very much. It's not very much, but it is radiation, and that's some, some women have concerns about that, and rightly so. The, um, the risk of developing breast cancer from a mammogram is real, um, but the number of breast cancers that, that are caused over time, theoretically, by breast can- by uh, mammograms is, is much smaller than the number of breast cancers that we catch, like on orders of magnitude less. Yeah, we talk about risks and benefits, and everything has a little bit of risk. Um, and, and in this case, the benefit um, outweighs the risk by so much that it isn't even something that uh, people in the medical profession really – we don't talk about that much, but I know of – I know that some people out there thinking about their mammogram well, are we, worried about We talk about, about it when patients ask. Yeah, when they ask about it. But, but in terms of if something that we're worried about, um, not so much. Okay, I'm gonna, um, there's a text message that is right on point for what I wanted to talk about. Um, is about this 2D versus 3D. Uh, and, and the text messenger says, I'm 43. I'm getting a mammogram scheduled. I have it scheduled. It's tomorrow. I have a choice between a 2D and a 3D mammogram. Can you... Please speak about the difference. There is a cost difference, and is the 3D worth the out-of-the-pocket? Who wants to handle that? Well, what just Go ahead, Leah. Well, for the cost difference, it's typically about $135 or less, depending on your insurance company. But so the much, 3D is yes. about 130 more or something? Yes, yes, but it depends on your insurance company. Do you have a deductible? Um, do you have a copay? That kind of thing. Um, most insurance companies um, do cover for mammography. Uh, for 2D, some insurance companies don't, and um, then that's the $135 difference there. Do you do them both at your facility? Yep. At Hennepin? Yes. yes. What are you finding? What are what are most people getting? Um, well, Medicare and Medicaid and our uh, the Minnesota SAGE program, they do cover for 3D, and if the patient's body habitus allows, we will definitely do 3D for those patients. For um, other patients who don't want to potentially get a bill, they'll, you know, the 2D or the full-field digital mammography, they'll, they'll um, choose that option. Got it. Tell us the difference. Tony, what's the difference between 2D and 3D? The difference is in um, the 3D mammogram uses a technology where, in which the, the focus of the mammographic beam uh, gets shifted through the breast over the course of the exposure. 
So then we can look at the breast um, instead of as a 2D flat picture, we can look at it in slices. So if there are two things superimposed on your mammogram that would have caused a shadow that would have worried me, mm. when I turn on the Tomo, I can see that it was two or three different things, none of which worries me at all. And so it, it, it'll decrease your callback rate. Um, my, our callback rate is on about like 7%. If we do 100 mammograms, we'll call seven people back on a 2D. When you add in the 3D, it'll cut your, our callback rate down to you know 3 or 4%. So you can feel as the radiologist a little more confident in something that you're seeing might not be something to worry about. Right. And so you don't have to call that woman and, back. When and, you say callback, that's um, getting called back by the mammography department that they found something they want to look more into. Right. Is that correct? And then when we do find things, uh, we're more confident in in knowing that that thing is something to worry about. We, we see, and we'll see things when they're smaller because we've eliminated some of the superimposition. So is, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I'm going to. Is it maybe better then to get the 3D if the cost is not a problem? It depends on what the inside of your breast looks like in the first place. If you've been getting say letters, more about that. If you've been getting letters that say you're one of the 40, 50% of patients that we classify as having dense breasts, yes. then it's better. If you have completely fatty breasts, then on every slice, all I see is black stuff. So it's, you know, I don't really need 3D to see that. We have a text message that actually says, what are dense breasts and what is the best imaging for them? Um, yeah, we, I was going to talk about that at some point in the show, but um, now's as good a time as any. Do we still have time to... to yeah, well, let's take a break and then when we come, come back. back from, yeah, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about breast density. Very good. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We're talking mammography today. And if you would like to join in on the conversation, two ways to do it. Actually, three, and Dr. Hilden will t- tell you how to send a tweet. Uh, but the phone number is 651-989-9226. We've cleared the lines if you'd like to use the phone, 651-989-9226. Or send a text, and as you can see, Dr. Hilden, we're getting those already. That number is 81807. We are indeed talking uh, about breast cancer screening and mammography. And you can tweet me your, your question if you'd like to. The, just send it to me at Dr. David Hilden. That's all one word, Dr. David Hilden. Put the hashtag Healthy Matters, and then, then I'll be sure to get it. Um, we're talking about breast density and um, before the break, and people are getting these letters. And there's a uh, somebody asked the very question: What is the, what is the? I was told I had Brent's desk. What is the best imaging for them? And then another question came in um, uh, immediately after that: What's with the breast density disclaimer? My friends and I have been receiving lately. We aren't. They don't know what the next step is. So, carry on, Doctor Siever. Tell more about what what do they mean, or what do you mean by dense breasts? Okay, what's in what's in your breasts? But on the outside, there's skin that you can see, and on the inside of your breast is uh, a lot of fatty tissue, and then everything else. And everything else is what's dense. It's the glandular tissue, um, the the fibrous uh, architecture of the breast. And um, in a younger breast, most of the breast is made up of this glandular tissue, this very dense, uh, the dense stuff. That is this we, like milk ducts and stuff? Yeah, it's milk yeah, ducts. It's the it's the acini, which are the, um, the the lobules on that where the milk forms. Mm-hmm. And then there's ligaments in there. There's a, there are things other than fat that are right, that are, that right, are dense. Right. That it means that X-rays don't penetrate them very well. And um, so as you get older, in general. The, the fatty tissue takes over and the breast gets more and more fatty. Um, the disclaimer is a state law. We, we since 2011, 
if if a patient has dense breasts, if we look at your mammogram and say, "Ooh, those are those are dense breasts," we have to put in your report a disclaimer. And there is no wiggle room on what we say. That is that's also written into the state law. Those words that come in your letter are the words that were written by legislators mm-hmm. to describe what how they think we should talk about dense breasts. So that's not a Hennepin thing or a Fairview no. thing or a we're not, we're not allowed to deviate. It, the words that you get are the words that you get, and everybody in the state of Minnesota gets the same words. If I choose to deviate, I'll no longer be accredited as a breast center, oh, okay. so I don't choose to deviate. So everybody is getting these things. And so it, the next question, the follow-up to that is, what does it matter? When you're reading a mammogram, maybe talk us through it. What does fat look like? What does dense tissue look like? And can, what does a cancer look like? Fat looks black on mammograms. So x-rays go right through it. They don't stop. They, they come out on the other side and they expose our, our film or our, our x-ray detector. And the more x-rays that get through, the blacker it looks. Um, fat doesn't stop x-rays. It comes, they come right through. They expose the, the plate, and it's black. Um, everything else looks some shade of gray or white. Uh, cancer is typically, it, it'll look like what I described earlier, these microcalcifications, which are basically white dots, mm. um, really bright white dots because calcium is, is sort of a metal. Um, and uh, cancers that are not don't have calcification are usually denser than the rest of the breast tissue, and they usually cause some kind of scarring. So it'll look kind of like a sand burr is caught up all in there, and there's there's uh, radiating uh, lines that come out from it that are usually much straighter than anything else we see in the breast. Mm. So we're looking for these little haystacks of straight lines or or a bunch of white dots. Um, but in general, there it's easier to see that kind of thing in a fatty breast than it is in a dense breast. So you can see the white stuff in the black background right. better. So the, the whiter your breast is overall, the denser it is, the harder it is for me to detect a breast cancer in it. And then the more likely it is that tomosynthesis will help you, the 3D. The 3D. So that's kind of getting back to our comments earlier that you were talking about, Leah, is the, the 3D is, uh, Tony, you were saying you can see it a little better um, um, in a denser breast. You made a comment earlier, Leah, about the 3D breast, that if, about your body habitus. What what did you mean by that? Well, um, 3D is, is, is a little bit different in the physics and how the um, image is created. If, uh, if you have someone who can't hold their breath or if you have someone who's kyphotic, meaning their head will get into the image, uh, that isn't something that we would... Uh, like to do, we would like to stick with the the 2D imaging for that particular patient, just because if you can't hold your breath, you'll have image blur. The 3D probably won't be as, as beneficial for you as as opposed to the 2 2D. Okay, as a man who's never had to go through this, come on down. Yeah. Oh gosh, we, we <laughs> you know I, I had to open my big gap. These two will probably only, only if you have a symptom. <laughs> men, men men do get mammograms on average. We do about one man a week. Yeah. And it's usually symptomatic. We can put it you in there and not expose you. Though. Oh, I'll yes. bet. Yeah, yes. I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet Tony would be all too happy to do that. So holding of your breath, Leah, you have to hold yeah. your breath for this thing? How long do women have to hold oh, their breath? Oh, just a couple of seconds. Okay, so there's yeah. about a zillion women out there listening going, yep, dude, this is what I've had to do. Mm-hmm. I know. Some people can't help it. They have to hold their breath anyway. It's just because a little bit of discomfort. That a little bit of discomfort. In. So I'm going to ask uh, Leah what to give me the real scoop from somebody who's actually the one who knows about this, about what it's like to go through and have a mammogram done. And hopefully, 
hopefully, to allay your um, any anxieties anybody might have about that if you're wondering why, you know, if you're dragging your feet on getting your mammogram. We're going to talk honestly about what it's like to get one, and hopefully we can convince you to All get right. yours done. Um, well, a lot of times when um, people read up on how, when, what to expect for their mammogram, it'll say on there, don't wear deodorant. Um, why? Well, it's because it shows up on the pictures. Mm. Now, what Dr. Siebert was talking about earlier are the little calcifications, little white specks in your breast. Well, guess what the deodorant looks like? I didn't know that. Little white specks in your breast. So so that's why we have you not wear deodorant. If you do come in and you have deodorant on, just tell the technologist. She'll have you wash it off. You take the pictures. No No biggie. These are real people running these machines. They'll help you out. We're going to talk a lot more about the actual experience of a mammogram after the top of the hour. We do have some telephone uh, callers calling, and maybe we could uh, hit the phone. Let's see if we can't get Kathy and Ham Lake's question answered. Otherwise, we'll carry it over after the break. Uh, Kathy, good morning. What is your question, please? Good morning. I would like to know what the difference is between a 3D and an ultrasound. Which would be better? Tony, you want to take that? Well, that, that depends on, on the, what your symptoms are. If, um, there are screening ultrasounds, and they are very sensitive for the detection of breast cancer, but they're so sensitive that uh, if you get into a 3D or into an ultrasound uh, screening situation, it's a lot like getting into an MRI screening situation in that you kind of have to be higher risk, have denser breasts, and be willing to um, take the risk of getting more biopsies than a person who who goes into a mammography screening situation. Um, we will find things on, on a screening ultrasound that um, aren't necessarily breast cancer but are worrisome enough that need to be biopsied, and we find a lot more of those using ultrasound. Um, as a first-line screening test, uh, 3D mammography, to my mind, is better than than the ultrasound for the general population, because we won't uh, add in those excess biopsies, they're both they're both good tests. Hopefully, after um, the top of the hour in the second half of the show, we can talk a little bit more about um, ultrasound and some of the alt- other types of breast imaging. There's text messages coming in about MRIs and the like, and we'll try to do that a little bit um, after the top of the hour. Well, there is we we mentioned uh, that the word men. They get breast cancer too, right? Yeah, the, the, a, text, a text messenger says, what can you tell us about men and breast cancer? Men get breast cancer where there, there's uh, a breast tissue underneath uh, a male nipple that um, has everything except for the little lobules that form, uh, that form milk. So they, we have ducts and we have the little stromal tissue um, just like women. Why? And I don't know. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a question for the creator. <laughs> You know, I was going to ask you an unanswered, why do men have, there's actually a book, I think there's a book I saw one time on a bookshelf, why do men have nipples? Yeah. Okay, maybe we're not going to be able to answer that one on the show today. Danny's looking at me like, okay, (laughs) this guy's gone off the rails. (laughs) I think. But but in in all seriousness, men do get breast cancer. And as you said, Leah, you do a mammogram on, you know, maybe one a week on a man. But um, uh, it's it's far more prevalent and and the topic is um, uh, far more um, common in in women. Mm -hmm. All right, I tell you what, let's take a break. We have another half hour or more of the show to go. So if you did not get your question answered, either by phone or by text, uh, this hour, we'll be uh, having another 30 minutes or so next hour. 651-989-9226. The line is open if you want to join in on the conversation. Otherwise, send a text if you like. That number is 81807. Back with more Healthy Matters. Stay with us.
Uh, good morning. Welcome to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. If you're joining us late, Dr. David Hilden, your host, has brought a couple of folks uh, with uh, with him today. And for those that have joined us late, who did you bring with you? Thank you, Denny. I have Dr. Tony Sievert. He is Assistant Chief of Radiology at HCMC here uh, uh, where I work. Um, he is uh, uh, does diagnostic radiology and does uh, quite a bit of work on women's imaging, including ultrasound mammography, 3D mammography, MRI and he um, is the assistant chief of the department. So welcome back, Tony. And then joining um, him in studio is Leah Hahn. She is the supervisor of mammography at Hennepin County Medical Center. And so uh, we've been talking about ultrasounds and 3D and 2D and this, that, and uh, um, the other thing about mammography. But I wanted to take a couple steps backward, if you could, Tony, and tell us a little bit about the, um, the guidelines for who should be getting a mammogram, and when? Who and when? Well, women should get mammograms. Right. And, uh, I mean, that's the obvious uh, answer. And uh, the American College of Radiology, um, the gynecology group, and uh, most of the groups that are all of the groups that are expert on breast cancer um, recommend that we start doing mammography at, at age 40 and perform mammography every year. Other groups like the United States Preventive Medicine Task Force say start at age 50 and do mammograms every other year. Um, it's an individual decision uh, that between a, a woman and her doctor, when, when do you want to start your mammography? How worried are you? Um, we know that we will gain the most benefit and, and save the most lives over a population if we start at age 40 and, and do mammograms every year. Why would anyone suggest it later then? There are risks of mammography. We talked about the radiation earlier. There's risks of uh, overdiagnosis. There's risks of um, excess biopsies. These are the things that that the the detractors talk about. Um, We call people, like I said, we call people back. Uh, 7% of people get called back, 7 out of 100 people. Um, So 70 out of 1,000. We'll do 14 biopsies out of those 70 people, and two of them will have breast cancer on average. So in order, in order to find the two breast cancers in 1,000 screening patients, we're exposing 14 people to biopsy and 70 people to the, to the fear of being called back. So that's, those are the detractions. That, those are the, the, the negatives. That's a good summary of the, of the guidelines. Um, there's a, uh, before we get to the phone lines, there is a, a text message that is, uh, that I wonder if it affects that. It's about people with a genetic predisposition to cancer. And Dr. Sievert, it, it says this, how do the technique and the frequency change for patients with BRCA1 gene disorder? That's a really high risk uh, for breast cancer. So and, and what, it, is, it, what is BRCA gene? What is that? It's a gene that predisposes people and the, to breast cancer. So some, somebody in your family had breast cancer. They, they tested, usually at an early age, your family was tested for, for the BRCA gene and found to be positive for BRCA. You were found to be positive for BRCA. That means your risk of developing breast cancer at an early age is much higher. Um, in those patients, we generally recommend just starting with some form of screening test and since they're high risk, screening MRI at an, at an early age. Um, when patients are getting screening MRIs and they get to the age where they're supposed to get mammography, then we interleave those. So you get a, an MRI, say, in January, uh, and then a mammogram in in June, and you you do something every six months, but but something you know, alternating. Um, and when do you start getting mammograms? If if you're at that high risk, you look at who in your family got breast cancer and at what age. Subtract ten years and start then. 
So your mother got breast cancer at 42. So, yeah, then you want to start up earlier, like at 32. 32. Okay, that's helpful. That's really helpful. Denny, could we do, sure. do we have time to go to the phones? Absolutely. Uh, there's one line open, open in fact, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's go to line one. Go ahead. Thanks for waiting. What is your question, please? Hello? I, 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 yes, I'd like to ask about the lymph nodes in the area of the breast. If there's a tumor in the breast and lymph nodes are also diseased, does that mean that there are independent cancer cells circulating in the body that could cause metastasis? If there's a tumor in the breast, uh, the first place the tumor will, will spread is locally to the, to the lymph nodes in the breast and the lymph nodes uh, in the axilla, the armpit. Um, does it mean that cancer cells are circulating elsewhere in the body? We hope not. What it, what it usually means is that breast cancer cells tried to circulate out of the breast and got trapped in that first line of defense, which is the lymph nodes in your axilla. Um, that's, that's what those are for. They're to catch invaders in your body before they get elsewhere. So it might be worth saying if a woman is feeling lumps in her armpit or certainly in the breast itself, you need to go get that checked out. If a woman's feeling lumps, yeah, that's a symptom. People who are symptomatic uh, in any way, a new symptom in your breast, should should talk to your doctor about that, and then your doctor will send, at Hennepin, send you in to see me for something, and I look at your symptom and decide um, what else you might need. So we do a, a diagnostic mammogram, and if you have a palpable lump, we, we always add an ultrasound. Okay. Back to the phones. Yes. Alice in Lindstrom has been waiting. Alice, you're on CCO. Thank you. Good morning. Is there an age when older women as an 80 or 90 or above uh, don't necessarily have to have a mammogram? There is. Um, We are trying to add um, lifespan by finding breast cancer. And um, and nobody likes to think about, well, I'm, I'm getting close to the age where I might die. But if you're 95 and you think, you know, while well, I probably, maybe I'll live to 105 and maybe I won't, um, there's two things to look at. One is breast cancers in that age group are usually super indolent. Indolent meaning they, they just don't grow very fast and they don't cause, um, they don't spread as early on. And so if you find a, a lump in your breast at 95, the chances are a lot better that it won't have spread than it would, than that lump would be when, if you're 40. Um, that said, Leah has a different answer, and, and uh, maybe maybe she should address so, that. So um, thank you for calling. Um, my mother actually asked me this question not too long ago. When can I stop getting mammograms, or when should I stop getting mammograms? And my answer, because she's my mother, is never. You will always get mammograms, and nothing's ever going to happen to you. However, that's not the reality of the situation. So I did ask her, and I did tell her uh, what I do to tell my, all my patients is, if I find breast cancer or if a doctor um, finds breast cancer in your breast or something um, that looks like a could be problematic, would you do something about it? Would you take a medication? Would you have it removed? Would you do uh, further, further work up to, um, to, um, to take it out? If, if the answer is yes, then by all means, keep coming in for your, your mammograms. We will never cut you off. If you, no. keep, if you keep wanting a mammogram, you can keep having a mammogram. E- exactly. and that's really up to is there you. an official guideline? Like, is there a cutoff age not by the in, American College of Radiology? No, not, not in this, this country. Other countries might there, Yeah, there, we don't have any studies that say that mammography is um, beneficial over the age of 74 or 75 um, because they haven't been done. 
So the studies haven't been done, right. So. so there's no data. We don't know. So we probably start thinking when you're at 75, start having that individual conversation. And, and if you found something and you would do something yeah. about it, Leah, yes, it's okay to by, keep by doing your mammogram. Come on in and, and have it done. Okay, so Leah, you run our our mammography um, program at uh, at Hennepin. And um, for, if you have a, if you're just tuning in, Leah is the supervisor of mammography, and um, I wanted to ask you for those of us who have never done this, and for women who are thinking about it, I've got it scheduled. Could you talk us through what what happens? Okay, um, talk us through a mammogram. So when a patient comes in for a mammogram for the very first time, very a lot of times they hear things from their family and friends about what the experience is like. Um, it has changed over the years. The imaging has gotten better. Um, the compression, we do when one of the things that really is a little frightening to women, it's, not, it, it's very uncomfortable So when you, for some women. Uh, when you come in, you have to get undressed. You're, um, you have to have your breast compressed. The reason for compression is to open up or spread those tissues open so the, radiolog- the radiologist can see everything that's inside. So there, it, there's a necessary... Reason, there's a good, really good reason why. When you say compressed, how is that done? So we place your breast. Typically, the patient will be standing, and um, the, we put your breasts on a, a plate or image receptor, and then we compress down with another plate that's on top of the breast, and we put some slight compression on there to open up those breast tissues and we take a picture. And we typically do about four images. And the reason that is is because you want to make sure on the first picture that you're getting the, the um, middle portion of your breast or the cleavage. You want to make sure that you're including that on the image. Now, having said that, um, most, your breast ca- most breast cancers, over 50% of them, happen in the lateral or the side of your breast. So we'll do an additional picture um, of the side of your breast, we'll turn the machine at an angle, and we'll get up into your armpit or your axilla, and uh, we'll take a uh, image of that as well to look for breast cancer. So uh, essentially, it's four images with a little bit of compression. It only takes a couple of seconds. So your your breast tissue is compressed into these two plates for a couple seconds. Yes. Yes. Does it hurt? For some people, a little bit, yes. But most for most people, it's it's just uncomfortable. For a few seconds. For a few seconds. And most women, when they're done with the exam, when they've had it for the very first time, they will say, well, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. That's the message. Yes. It's worth it. Yes. Good. All right. At this point, let's take a quick break. We'll have more show coming up. Uh, 651-989-9226. We have callers and we have textures. We'll address both when we return. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Among other things, we're talking mammography. And uh, as you can see, Dr. Hilden, we have uh, callers, we have texters. We have quite a bit, Denny. Yeah. yeah. And, and since we're not going to be able to get to all this, this, this always happens when we talk about breast cancer, I am going to do a special blog post in the coming week um, to try to answer many more of the questions that are coming in on the text line. And if I can twist their arms, I'm going to have Dr. Sievert and Leah answer some of those sort of in a written um, uh, Q&A session on the blog. So you're going to want to check that out. It's myhealthymatters.org, myhealthymatters.org, all one word. You can check that out anytime. You can listen to podcasts of this show or any of the previous shows. 
Lots more information on a variety of topics, including the recent one I did about colds and flus and what's the difference. And um, look for that at MyHealthyMatters.org. I also wanted to alert people that all this great information you're hearing could also be given to you directly if you're a patient of ours at Hennepin. Um, Our mammography department is top-notch. Our radiology department, I might add, is top-notch in all areas. Um, We have just simply an outstanding Department of Radiology at Hennepin. Part of that is going to be at our new building, our new clinic and specialty center. It opens on March 26, 2018, one of the largest developments in the eastern half of downtown Minneapolis, if you exclude that big stadium. We're a pretty big thing there at Park and 8th Avenue uh, or 8th Street. It's the clinic and specialty center, and part of that is the new Wanzek Family Breast Care Center. Opens March 26, 2018, state-of-the-art, patient-centered, scientifically sound, expert care in breast care, the Wanzak Family Breast Care Center at the Clinic and Specialty Center. For more information on that, go to clinicbuilding.org. Um, back to the topic at hand. Let's see. Do we have? We've talked through that. Why don't we go back to the phones? Sure. We have. We have. We might not get to all of them, but let's get to one. Let's uh, go to Dan, who's calling from uh, Blaine. Dan, you're on CCO. Thanks for waiting. Yeah. Yes. Good morning, folks. Um, I've got a question. Uh, I've got a friend uh, out in South Dakota. She's a bit phobic about wanting to do mammography through X-ray because uh, allegedly in her family they ta- she's talked about how uh, she thinks uh, mammography, the X-rays, um, the radiation that's been involved might be contributing to other types of you know melanomas or uh, stuff in the body. And I'm just trying to, uh, um, I got a call this morning saying, ask this question. So I said, all right, what do you want me to ask? So she wants to know um, other types of mammographies that might be perceived or, uh, you know, clinically um, are reliable as safer than x-rays for women who have a family history of other types of cancers um, besides just breast cancer. Thanks for the question. Dr. Siebert? There are a couple of modalities that, that we use as um, adjuncts to, to mammography, and they can be used as screening. Um, there's whole breast ultrasound. We, we don't have a, a whole breast ultrasound. It's an automated machine that um, uh, I guess you just put your breast in there and the ultrasound probe runs over it um, automatically. I, I haven't seen one myself. I've seen videos of them. Um, and then the radiologist that goes through that whole movie of your of your breast and finds anything that that might be suspicious and and recommends what to do about it. That that's more sen- like I, I said earlier in the show. It's a more sensitive modality, which sounds great, but sensitivity and specificity are two different things. Sensitivity is you know how much how many things you're going to catch, and specificity is how sure are you that they're abnormal. So the breast ultrasound, whole breast ultrasound screening is sensitive, but we catch a lot of things that are not cancer, and you get a lot more biopsies than you would using mammography. And then there's always MRI. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. And as I said earlier, MRI is, is it's a great way to catch invasive cancers, It's in, and, um, uh, but it won't see those microcalcifications, so the earliest stage of, of breast cancer. There are findings that suggest that you have this microcalcification kind of uh, uh, problem, on breast MRI, but again, the sensitivity is cranked way up, and we do a lot of excess biopsies in patients that choose MRI only for their screening. Seems to me that the, um, it's a good question and a legitimate concern. My response as a general in theology and in, in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, mammography is the single best way we have. And it, yes, there's a, uh, some risks to everything we do in medicine. Everything has a little bit of risk, but the benefit 
the benefit to getting screening mammography, if everyone got their screening mammograms done on the schedule that is recommended, it would have an incredible public health impact. So um, whatever your fears might be and whatever your um, questions and concerns might be about mammography, they're legitimate and real. And I would suggest that that um, get them answered. Listen to this show. Go to the blog site at myhealthymatters.org. Get your questions answered, but then get your mammogram because the benefit um, far outweighs any risk. I agree. Yeah. Leah, Dr. Sievert, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Great having both of you. Everybody out there, get your mammogram. A couple last little things. Uh, Go to myhealthymatters.org, and especially if you texted in a question to the show today, there are some dozens that we didn't get to. We're going to try to answer them on the website. That is myhealthymatters.org. I want to give a quick shout-out to my nephew, Jesse. Happy birthday today. Go Vikings. What else do we have to do? Uh, tell about next week's show. Next week's show. Oh, good. We're going to talk about carbon monoxide poisoning um, from uh, with experts from our hyperbaric oxygen program at Hennepin. Carbon monoxide poison is a big deal in Minnesota. becomes even bigger in the winter with ice fishing and all cabins and all that stuff. So you want to tune in for that? That'll be next week with more Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We hope you join us then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.